that sound you hear is another ball falling to the turf at the end of a drop. Brutal. <laughs> the Eagles dro- dropped the ball. I think it's not an official stat, but I'm pretty sure it was seven times. Um, and if it wasn't seven, it was six or five. So there was definitely uh, at least a handful. A, I'm Zach yeah. Rosenblatt. This is Mike K. Our post game edition of the No Huddle Show. The Eagles just lost to the Detroit Lions, uh, 27 to 24. Um, they needed to win this game. We talked about that, and they did everything possible to not. The Lions wanted to give it to them. Like they were, they were like, "Hey, you guys can have this game. Like, what are you, what are you doing?" There's just so many situations where they, the, the Lions were like, "We don't want to win. We are not a good football team. Stop letting us win." But in the end, this Eagles team, it's just the same stuff as this. Feels like the same team as last year. I know. The injuries, like, you have to factor that in. These receivers aren't good enough to carry the load. Like, that's just the reality. Nelson Aguilar's not a number one receiver. He made mistakes again. Costly. This one was more costly in a way because of the, f- the fumble. He fumbled it. We'll get into all of that. But So they go. They, they lose this game, and now they're only going to be home once over the next 40 days. Uh, they go to Green Bay in a short week. Green Bay just won. They're a pretty good football team. They have a good defense this year, actually. Uh, the Jets is the only like gimme on this schedule now because the Bills are even undefeated right now. So mm-hmm. I mean, so how, what do you just like big picture? Not big picture, but like what are you thinking about this team after this loss? Like this doesn't look like a Super Bowl contender, certainly. No, this is it's only going to get worse. Like this is this. I'm not saying the season's going to get worse, but it like the opponents are only going to yeah. get better. Like it only is going to get harder from here. Yeah, I mean they've dug themselves a hole. They've shown that they can get out of holes in the middle of games and then still lose, but. This is a sloppy team, and this is a team that can't put a whole game together. And when you can't put a whole game together, even like every other game, you're going to lose a lot of football games. This is the second week in a row that they've lost a one-score game because for like a quarter and a half, they were just terrible. And I think when you look back at this game, you're going to see there were so many opportunities. It wasn't even just this the last two drives. No, it was the like whole game. the whole game. They had opportunity after opportunity. The Miles Sanders run where he fumbled the first, the second the time. The first or the second one. <laughs> both of them. Same drive. Yeah, they were actually okay runs. Like it. Every time this team took two steps forward, they took forty five steps back. <laughs> it was like the most unreal thing. And the ironic thing is they scored on the first two possessions of the game. Yeah, so, like, (laughs) you know, and I got some crap for this, but, like, they started off strong. Uh, Look, they they took the dysfunctional early demon off their backs, and then another ghostly ghoul of terribleness kind of popped its head up and was like, yo, you're just going to make a ton of mistakes. I mean, it was just, like, all the problems they usually have on those first drive, they just you know, spread it out over the course of the game as opposed to in the beginning. You know, and Carson looked good early on. I thought he, overall, he played a pretty good game. The the biggest takeaway for Carson this game is that he can only do so much, honestly. We're going to get into that. Yeah, I gave him a B-plus for this game, but when you look at the amount of drops, the penalties, the fumbles, like, these were drive killers, and, you know, there is a lot of blame to go around. There's blame on special teams, obviously, the kickoff return for a touchdown. It's, It's like one thing after another, like, that thing's not there. Right, and, and you know what's interesting to me, and like now thinking about it, like us talking right now, every time they got to celebrate something, they <laughs> immediate, the immediate the celebration was immediately short cut lived. short. Yeah, so they block a field goal at the end of the game. Immediately Malcolm they have a Jenkins penalty. Great play. Yeah, and then he gets called for a block in the back. Oh, that was Jenkins. I did the block That's in the back. What, I believe so. Yes, we'll we'll recheck that with our statistician. <laughs> but like you know, then they they had uh, they had the. Um, 
third quarter touchdown where they were able to kind of like it, find it, a, it was a penalty on Malcolm. Yeah, yeah, they had the third quarter touchdown where they scored, and then immediately the defense gave up another touchdown drive. The Lions, um, you know, the first field goal, they were real like that was something worth like acknowledging and saying, look. They started off strong. That's a good sign. But immediately, the special teams group gives up a kickoff for 100 yards and a touchdown. I spoke to LJ Ford after the game, and he said, everybody was kind of running the wrong way. I was like, well, how do you, like, how does that happen? Yeah, and what? he's like, well, you know, they give, them, give them some credit. They did a good job on the kick return. What? Like the, the, the two obvious guys that stood out as problems on there were Anderson Deho. Who again? Why is he on this team? Why is he playing? So he got much? stonewalled hard. And then Josh Sweat looked like he wasn't really giving full effort on the play. Um, so I w- wanted to change because this game was like there's just so many bad things. I wanted to do instead of good, bad, and ugly. I wanted to do ugly, bad, and good. So we're gonna start with the, the terrible and work our way up to the okay because the, at the very best, the only things that were good were okay in this game. Sure. Um, so ugly, we st- we have to start with the drops and the mis- like, just the mistakes. So the biggest ones that stand out. Um, so Nelson Aguilar, the first one came, I, or in the sec, in the second quarter, he had a bad drop on a third down that would have been a first yeah, down. He had the ball, dropped it, and then a couple drives later, he had a catch, and he fumbled it away almost immediately. Yeah, he wasn't even like, touched. Yeah, he, I mean, he straight up dropped it. Like the, this is inexcusable from this guy at this point of his career. That's, yeah, that's just three. Like he he's talking constantly about how he he you know he he embraces this opportunity to prove that mm-hmm. he can be a number one guy that he deserves a new contract. You know he's kept quiet about the fact that they kept adding all these guys that were going to take away his touches. You know how they traded for Golden Tate last year. If he wants to be taken seriously as an NFL wide receiver, he can't be playing like he did his rookie season. He's making the same mistakes. He talks about how he last week he talked about how he tried to focus on the good in the last play and moving on. He had that terrible drop last week and another drop earlier in that game. Like, this is his opportunity, and he's and he's squandering it. Yeah, I think that's. I think you're on the nose there. I think he is squandering his potential success outside of. The, at this point, you wonder if he's just a role player. Like, it's you, pretty obvious that he is. Yeah. Well, I mean, you said it at the beginning of the podcast that that he doesn't look like a number one wide receiver. Well, here's the problem with that. He was a first-round pick, mm-hmm. and typically when you don't develop into a number one wide receiver, or even a number two by wide receiver... By year five, right? He's in year five? Yeah, yeah, by year five, you're not returning to that organization. So, one, it, this is probably his last hurrah here. On top of that, he needs to continue to press and ha- play well so that he can earn a contract elsewhere. I'm not sure the targets are really going to be there as consistently once... Deshaun and, and he, Alshon come he, He's not back. proving that he deserves them. That's the point here. Yeah. Right. I mean, the only guy that actually kind of deserves some more shots his way other than Ertz is maybe Mac Hollins. I know, yeah. Who, I mean, he's made some, I mean, he had a couple of bad offensive pass interferences, but this is also a guy that this is the first career start of his game, you have to remember. It's essentially his second year. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a guy who... Better than J.J. Arcega-Whiteside so far, by the way. Yeah, I mean, Mac doesn't really run routes all that well no. either. I mean, he he's looks a special teams player playing. I offense. mean, he, he's out there <laughs> running around. He's playing like you know yeah. backyard ball right now. Yeah. So let's get back to the terribleness. So we covered uh, Nelson Aguilar. I don't know if there's that much more we can say about him other than he just simply has to be better. But Miles Sanders, um, you, we talked about it a little bit earlier. He had he fumbled it once and then he fumbled it again a couple plays later. They went back to him. That's kind of a Doug's mo. You go back to the guy who had just made a mistake to show them that you still believe in them. You just can't put the ball on the ground. He he bounced back. He had some big plays. He was their best down-the-field receiver this game. He had a 40-yard catch early, and then he had another long catch later. He had a couple of nice runs, 
but the fumble was one of many mistakes that cost them this game. Because if you take that one fumble away, they don't get a field goal at the end of it, and then the then the game's tied at the end. Yeah, I mean, this is... Look, those two second-quarter fumbles between Sanders and Aguilar cost them possessions and momentum in a three-point game. That's yeah. period. That That is what it is. Like, you can't... And the defense did their job at the other end. Like, they held them to field goals. Yeah, they held them to six points, which is a minor miracle, yeah. really. Yeah, especially the, with the field game. position on a couple of them, yeah. Um, a couple you know, of the bad plays, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, Darius Slay returned one of the, the, the Aguilar fumble, like, into the red zone. Um, I mean, the Eagles even held... The Lions to a field goal on that last drive, too, in order to block the field goal. I mean, like, it's just when you have when you're oh and two or when you're when you lose the turnover battle two to one, you're giving up a possession, at least a one possession. Yep. And in a three point game, you cannot do that. That that's just what it is. I mean, Carson Wentz did not throw ter- create turnover or produce turnovers. Yeah, you didn't turn the ball over at all. Yeah, right. But his momentum was shifted because when he was trying to lead a drive, the the ball was, you know, out of his hands. At, at one point, a bunch of us turned to each other and said, what can Carson do here? Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't like last week where Carson had a abysmal first half and then was just great in the second half. He, he was pretty good throughout he was, the he game. Was never ba- he was never really bad today. Right. And, you know, guys weren't getting open and, you know, here's, here's one thing I want to ask you because guys are... We're, we're quick to jump on guys for mistakes and not quick to praise guys. And what I mean by that is Nelson and Miles are going to be not the scapegoats of this game because they definitely deserve a ton of blame, but they also had two big plays each. You know, for yeah. every every major mistake they had, they bounced back and had some good plays. Nelson Aguilar had two touchdowns. Um, you brought up Miles Sanders. He had a... Uh, He had a a 40-yard catch and a 33-yard catch. Like, those are impressive plays. But what? how do you weigh that, right? Like, how do you say to yourself, do I trust this guy in big situations when I have other options? And really, Jordan Howard should be on the field a lot more than Miles Sanders. So I think those were all the terrible things. Now there's going to be a lot in the bad section. I think we can get Mm -hmm. to that. Let's start with that because you just brought it up. Um, It's been like a sticking point with the fan base as much as Anything that has been annoyed fan base, this fan base in recent years, to be honest. Um, Jordan Howard, you know, again, it was kind of like, it felt like a little bit like week one, where Miles Sanders was getting all the touches, wasn't really doing much with them. Sproles didn't really play on offense that much today. He did play, but not much. Um, so then Howard came in, his first run, I believe, was 11 yards. Mm-hmm. At halftime, he had 20 yards on five carries. He looked really good. He runs tough. They finally gave it to him in the red zone, and he scored. And then they, they went back to not really give him the ball that much. And I just... I, it's just one of those things where Doug is kind of like Andy Reid in that way, where there's always like one thing that's like his his blind spot, and I don't, I don't know if it's because he loves Sanders and he wants to, they really believe in him, and I think they do really believe in him. But you have to go with the guy that's producing. I know the numbers on paper, you know, Sanders rushed 13 times, 53, Howard had 11 for 37. I don't think that accurately reflects who was the better running back. No, I I agree, um, and honestly, with the way that they were throwing the ball to to Sanders. It, at one point, I was just kind of like, well, why don't you just, just use him as a receiver? Yeah, yeah, use him as a receiver so you can get Howard on the field more. Um, listen, Howard is a guy that, for all of his faults, can get the job done and, and build some momentum and get your offensive line going. And I think they need to, especially now on the road, they're going to face this Packers team, not to look too far in, in advance, but like they need to start building momentum with the run. 
Like, they have no choice. And so, we've seen Miles in three separate games not build momentum as a runner. Give it to Jordan Howe. Like, I, I, I mean... He, 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 at the very least, he's going to get you chunks of yards. And, right. You know, maybe he won't get you the 15-yard to 20-yard runs, but he'll get you some first downs when it's, it's third and short. And he'll follow his blocks. Yeah. He, I mean, like, he's he knows what he's doing, at least. Like, right. Sanders will get there, and... But, the th- like, the thing is, like, the ball carrying was a problem for him coming out of college, mm-hmm. by the way. And this was his first, his first real bad moment where it's like, okay, he's still developing in that area. I should say, just to retract uh, Ugly again real quick, we didn't mention uh, two drops that were pretty bad. Um, the Dallas Goddard one in the end zone. Touchdown. Um, it, was a, it was as easy as a touchdown catch Dallas Goddard could possibly have, mm-hmm. considering where they were in the field and all that. And he just straight up dropped it. Um, he only played in the second half. He, he, he mentioned that they were like trying to ease him in because I don't know if he was 100%. So clearly, I think they were panicking a little bit, playing him. He had a bet. He let up a sack at one point too. He probably shouldn't have played in this game. He dropped that. It was it was really really bad. And uh, the other one was J.J. Arcega Whiteside. It wasn't as blatant, but he dropped the last pass of the game, which would have been a first down, a fourth down. It was fourth and fifteen or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the game ended after that. Like he's a rookie, so they're, they they had to rely on him, rely on him. I think we're we're, we're finding out that. Just because he went to Stanford and looked good in training camp, that maybe he's not as ready as we thought he was. Yeah, I mean, you know, that would have been a game-winning touchdown. I mean, yeah. he, I mean that, that that is what it is. Uh, he, in two games, he's got two catches for fourteen yards. Yeah, um, that's a problem. He also couldn't get open at all. Like I, I there were there were points in the in the game where I studied him specifically. And by the way, the rookie thing's not a great excuse either because you look around the league, there's a lot of rookie receivers who were drafted both right before him and after him that are playing really, really well right now. This wasn't a ga- good game for the rookies. No. Any of the rookies, no. really. Say, um, Dillard got banged up, but I'm not sure if he was going to come back in because Peters left with an illness and then he came back. So Yeah, funny how that happened. <laughs> um, yeah, man, this is... Uh, you know, there's so much blame to go around. Doug Peterson said this, but like... The rookies just aren't adding. You know what I mean? They're not they're not supplementing this offense. And I think that's a problem because there was so much optimism about especially the two second round picks and when they can't contribute in a positive and consistent way, you know, what's your offense at what is your offense added? You know what I mean? Um and with Alshon and Deshaun not in this game. I think Alshon will play next week. He has Thursday. a better chance of playing than Deshaun, at least. Oh, certainly. Yeah. But I think he'll play on Thursday. The um, thing is, they'll probably only have, like, one like one and a half practices this yeah, week. Yeah, they'll so. practice Tuesday, and then they'll hit the road, and they'll have a walkthrough. At, in Green Bay, yeah. Yeah, but look, I think I think this is a rough turn of events for this team, especially for their young players. But I do like the way that every single one of them battled back. I think that's an encouraging sign. I also think a short week is helpful for a team like this, especially with young players. They don't have to focus on it too much. Um, but real, realistically, they have to turn a lot of things around. And um, I don't know how you coach up young players this quickly for them to now go on national television on a Thursday and try to sneak out a win. This will be an upset win if they can get yeah. this win. You know what I mean? So the, the line, what sounds crazy to me, opened at Packers minus three. That's crazy. That's insane. This, that I, should I be know, a minus that, nine. That, somebody was drunk at the wheel on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get into some more bad. Uh, the pass rush. So they, they now have two sacks in three games. And yeah. it's something like 140 pass attempts or something like that, or 130 pass. Like, 
that like I get that sacks aren't everything, which is what the coach is trying to tell us only when they're not getting the sacks. Um, but that's just like not that's inexcusable. And so Fletcher Cox didn't even have a tackle today. Carson Wentz and Cameron Johnston had more tackles than him. Which you know, there's way of disrupting without he. His way of disrupting doesn't always necessarily involve him getting stats, but that that says something bad. The defensive end still didn't get any sacks. Malcolm Jenkins came close at one point, but he like was on a blitz and he didn't get there. Like they're just not finishing those plays. And then the secondary was was still was okay today. Like they were there wasn't like I mean Ronald Darby struggled in the beginning of the game by the way, but he left at halftime. Well, to your point, when the when you can't get to the quarterback, he has plenty of time exactly, to throw yeah. the ball and find his second. Yeah, so there's only so much those guys can do. At one point, Stafford, I, I tweeted out that he was dancing with the stars. You remember that one play where he literally was just walking around aimlessly? Oh, yeah. It's like when Madden has a has like a glitch and the quarterback's holding the ball and shaking, yeah. like and as he's he, like going to the side, oh, yeah, he, nobody yeah. was, everybody was missing him. Like it was, yeah, it was like a, yeah, yeah, like Chris Berman would have done something like that in the old school NFL Live days. Yeah, I mean he didn't complete the pass, but still, I know. But the point being, yeah, yeah. But so the defensive line, I mean. It feels like that's a bigger problem than corner right now. I feel a week ago this time, or maybe not, maybe less than a week when Ramsey trade stuff started happening. It was like corners their biggest need. I'm not sure that it, it like Cindy Jones has looked pretty good the last two weeks. I think Razul did okay. Um, Ron, Ron, Ronald Ronald Darmy was bad, but he got hurt and he left at halftime. So who, in a, I think it was what was a hamstring or yeah he was he was not, hamstrung which is never which, which is never they, they were targeting his side of the field every time which is what you don't want in a number one corner. Corner is not like a strength of this team by any means, but they need pass rush and they have not gotten it. And, and I, I, the Jadavion Clowney thing is going to come up as long as they don't get any sacks. But in retrospect, like maybe they should have thrown a third round pick to the to the Texans. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if that would have solved their problems right now. But yeah, and I also think Clowney's a bit overrated as a pass. Yeah, rusher. yeah, probably. I'm sure I'll get a comments on that one. Um, Here's what's scary about that. A hamstring injury, you're not going to rush a guy back out. Yeah. So they only have three active corners. That's a good point. Uh, and you're playing on Thursday. I don't know what you do, because promoting Craig James, who's played, one defensive sn- still out there. <laughs> who's played one defensive snap ever. Uh, More than you or I have. <laughs> that's true. That's fair. Um <laughs> You know, it's just difficult. So I think um, if you're the Eagles, that's another roadblock that you have to, you know, another hurdle you have to get over. and That's pretty bad. All right, another one, the offensive line had another bad game. Um, the Lions had three sacks and two, three, four, five quarterback hits. Wentz was pressured pretty frequently. Um, it wasn't quite as bad as last week. That's for sure. They were really, really bad last week. And Sam Allo didn't stand out as much as he did last week for bad. The Lions were banged up on the defensive line, but what what'd you what was your takeaway from watching that the O-line? And they opened up a little, few more holes on the running game too, but I think overall I wouldn't say it was a good performance. I thought Big V had a pretty good yeah. performance as, a, as an extra lineman. I thought he did well. And he, as when he the, filled in. Yeah, as the left tackle. Uh, Dillard's still learning. He allowed some pressure. Um, I wasn't studying the line as much as I probably should have based on – how they performed in Atlanta. But yeah, it was not a good game for this offensive line. And Carson Wentz got hit a lot. Um, you said five times? Yeah. It felt like it was like At least 12. that's the official number. I don't know what pro football focus will It, it felt like he was hit yeah. like 12 times. Um, and so, you know, a lot of these projections that we had pre during the preseason are not coming to pass. Most and, of them. 
and that's not good. You know, I think team. I look, I think when you look on paper, this team's probably one of the five most talented teams in the league. And right now, they've dropped two games in the NFC. They are uh, two games behind the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC East. Uh, they're about to play the Packers, then the Jets when the Jets presumably get Sam Darnold back. Then they go on the road to play the Vikings, who have looked good. Really good defense. Have a really good defense. Um, the Cowboys in prime time. Cowboys look like they're the better team right now. Because they are. Because they are. Um, and the Bills and, are undefeated. Yeah, and then the Bills on the road. And then you've got the Patriots, the Seahawks. Well, it goes Bears, Patri- Bears by Patriots, Seahawks. So, like, just because you're coming home, it doesn't get any easier. Yeah, this could really fall off, yep. you know. We're going to find out if this team is a Super Bowl contender over the next eight weeks. And I, and I think, you know, we said Carson couldn't do everything in this game. Or, or, or he, you know, there was nothing he could do. He's really got to step up. Like yeah. it's very, it's abundantly clear that this team isn't as talented offensively as as perceived. And so Carson, wanting to be a top five quarterback, fans wanting him to be a top five quarterback, you need to be able to see him take over games. He didn't really take shots in this game. No, he didn't. Um, I mean, there, there were the two throws to Sanders, and one of them you could argue was pretty far off because the running back had to make a play on the ball. Um, it's just not, I mean, it's not getting easier. And so it's hard to feel comfortable and confident with what the product this team has put out because, yeah, there's the second half where they've got a bunch of home games. They get to play the Giants twice. They get to play the Redskins again. Uh, they get to play the Dolphins. But realistically, if you're coming into the second half of the season and you're three and five, none of that matters. So. To talk a little more about Carson Wentz, so this morning I wrote just like some final thoughts before the game, and one of my main points was about how if Carson Wentz wants to be considered a elite quarterback, if he wants to be viewed as a Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and more than a Dak Prescott, he needs to win when all the odds are stacked in his favor. Like I stacked like, against him, stacked or, yeah, not in his favor. Yeah, not. Um, like you, he needs to elevate the players around. Like the drops. Like this, this was a very like. Tough game to like evaluate Carson Wentz, I think, just because of the way everything happened around him again. But at a certain point, it has to come back to the quarterback. And if he wants, if he wants to be looked at, it, he can be a good quarterback, and the Eagles can be fine with a good quarterback. But they're paying him to be the quarterback, and they're paying him to be a Tom Brady. And he wants, and he thinks he wants, you know, he purports himself to be that good. And Tom Brady has made players better around him for years. Aaron Rodgers is as good as any quarterback in NFL history at making something out of nothing. Sure. Um, and that's what Carson Wentz looked like in 2017, but he had that team was like perfect in so many ways. And in, even in the way they played and the way they won. And at a certain point, we have, we have to take a step back and decide, is Carson Wentz the elite quarterback? Do we have, are we putting too big of high expectations on him? Because so far this season, and you know, I know last season he was banged up, but there, at a certain point, you know, everybody's always saying, there are either people who are like, you're making too many excuses for him, or there are people who are like, you're blaming him too much. And they're... they're at a certain point, we have to come in the middle and realize that this is just maybe who he is, that he's good. If, if, until he proves us otherwise, he's just good and not great. And that's something that Lions fans deal with. Matt Stafford is a good quarterback. He is not a great one. Um, people are starting to wonder if Matt Ryan isn't a great quarterback because he has struggled mightily this season. Um, it is only three games in. This We've seen this team just kind of win games that they shouldn't. All the time. This feels like deja vu from last season. <laughs> it does a little bit. Um, 
And in order for them to kind of keep pace, they really need to win this game against the Packers. And it's unfortunate because the Lions game seemed to be the easier matchup on paper. Uh, and they're not going to come away with this win because they lost, obviously. Sorry, that was a weird way of wording <laughs> that. But, um, yeah, I mean, from an analysis standpoint, there's only so much you can kind of look into this game. Like, Doug seems shell-shocked after the game just not from a, like, he was shocked about the outcome, but more of, like, how did they lose this game? Because there were so many Like, like I issues. joked in the beginning of the game, like, the Lions really were, like, so we didn't, we mentioned it briefly, but, so, like, the, the field goal block, um, like, they didn't score off that. <laughs> like, and, the, and like you said, there's a penalty there, and it's just, like, every good thing, it's, like, two bad things. And, you know, the Lions, like, Matt Stafford threw the ball 32 times and only had 200 passing yards. If you take away one 40, bad 44-yard rush that the Eagles gave up to J.D. McKissick, who I didn't know was still in the league, they would have given up 42 rushing yards total. Like, their rush defense has been pretty good, actually. But it's like moments like that. It's like these are things that weren't happening in 2017. The, the, just like last season wasn't the same as 2017, we need, it's only week three, but we're getting close to the point where you have to accept that this isn't 2017 either. Yeah, I mean, they held – look look at the stats. They held Galladay yeah. to two, two of eight. Two catches for 17 yards. Amendola and had, both of those were on Darby in the first half. Right, and Amendola had four catches for 37 yards, but they let Marvin Jones, a guy who we talked about in, in the other sh- – in, in our And he's an underrated game. guy. So, yeah, yeah he's uh, an underrated guy, and he really had a, uh, had a ball game, 101 receiving yards and a touchdown. So, again, I don't know where you go – like, the, the tough part of this is I don't know where you go from here – when you're gonna play the Packers and in, in yeah, it's not like they can make a big change in where it makes an impact this week, right? And again, and you can't, one and four is gonna look real bad. Yeah, I mean, Jernigan's almost definitely missing that game. Jackson's probably missing the game. I would say Jeffrey's maybe a good Corey shot. Corey Clement maybe makes it, but yeah, I don't know. How much I don't of an think it, he's gonna yeah, make. Yeah, I don't anyway. think it really matters. And then you know, if Darby can't play. It's fine to rely on those young guys, but if you're one injury away from Craig James. That's yeah. not a good even, even like getting Camus back if he does come back would be good, but he still hasn't played in a long. He hasn't yeah. practiced, and he's only gonna have one practice. So that's why I even question if that's even a realistic possibility. Well, and Nate uh, Gary's actually played a little bit yeah. better the last couple of weeks. He so, has. Um, and Nigel Bradham has not. He didn't impress me again. Uh, yeah, there was Nigel. a play where I made the joke. So there was a play where he, if he had just turned around, he would have intercepted a pass. Mm-hmm. But he famously drops all balls that come to him, so maybe he just decided that he knew he wasn't going to catch it. And technically it was space guarding, so they challenged it. And, uh, and they guess, determined it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. But it, it was. It was. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was. And uh, I know you kind of alluded to this before the season and after week one, but like he's just not that good. He's not. Or anymore, at least. I don't know if he's fallen or the, the foot stuff or the toe stuff has affected him. But I don't imagine he's on this team next year. No, not at all. Um... Another thing is, so they tried some stuff inside with Vinnie Curry and Brandon Graham and still were not able to create pressure. And I think that that's a massive problem. Yeah. And then we, we as spectators take both their abilities, you know, as, as granted, you know, for granted. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know how you create the pressure. Like, it's not They were like, playing Akeem Spence a lot today, by the way. Yeah, they were. It's weird, which, like I said... The other day, if he's six foot one, I'm six foot three or six foot five. I don't know. <laughs> You're um, short as he's short is what he's yes, to say. yes. That is what I'm trying to say. Um, what I will say, the encouraging part of all this is they've only lost these two games by seven points combined. 
Um, and so if that's what you have to hang your hat on, go for it. Doug Peterson said this loss will not define their season. He also said that the week before. We heard that every week last year. <laughs> um, so I, I guess, do you want to look forward? What, what you know? We should say one more positive thing, which is on brand for you, and we haven't talked about him in a while. Cameron Johnson is like, he's their most consistent performer. I mean, that bounce was like all luck. Like, there's no way that was. Yeah. But he had this one punt. I don't, I don't know what the length was on it, but it bounced like on like the inch line and it bounced out of bounds at like the one or two yard line. It was, it was like he's had a really good season. Like he's Pro Bowl level good so far this year. It's like my grandfather said. You know, it's sometimes better to be lucky than good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, the Eagles haven't been lucky. Well, they have been lucky with, with incidents. They just haven't been good either. So, I mean, you know. Yeah, it's true. I mean, their accidents have not been because of luck. It's been because they were bad. Yeah. Um, so, looking forward, right, we don't want to look forward too much, but how do you feel about this team moving? Do you think it's time to officially, like, panic, hit that panic I, button? My hand's on the panic button, and I'm close to pressing it, and I need to sleep on it. But just this, they haven't shown, they didn't improve on all their problems from last week, which is a problem. They're still banged up. I think we're finding out that Deshaun Jackson, who has basically only played one game with this team in the last five years, is like their most valuable offensive player. Sure. Um, and we and that's the sort of injury that could linger all year, which makes that problematic. And so you just factor all these things together, and the offense looks like a bigger, like the defense, for all their issues, like they still... You know, Doug trusted them to go for it on fourth down on his own 30-yard line or whatever it was, and it worked out. And it paid off. Yeah. It paid off. Like, the defense has been pretty clutch, actually. Yeah. And the offense has not in the way that they either are bad at the beginning or bad at the end or bad somewhere in the middle. So I I come out of the, I came into the season thinking this was a surefire playoff team and probably a Super Bowl contender, and I come out of this week thinking that they're going to be fighting and clawing until the final week to make the playoffs. Yeah, I so think, I, if that if that's worth panicking about, then yes, panic. I think that's fair. Um, I still think they can realistically win ten games. It's going to be very difficult. If they're, they're one and four after this week, will you still feel that way though? Oh, they'd be one and three. One and three. Sorry. Yeah. Um, my math's bad. Yes. Well, that's <laughs> how we got into this field. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, because well, I don't know. It depends on how they lose, but yeah, exactly. I mean, they realistically are going to go into that three game road trip as at two and three. Probably if they because they're going to be assuming they beat the Jets, right? Or they beat the whatever. Anyway, they have an opportunity here to steal one on the road. It's a short week. Doug Peterson's been in this situation before. Matt Lafleur really, I mean, he did do a Thursday night game. Excuse me, but didn't have a game before that. They won twenty-seven to sixteen over the Broncos, who aren't very good. Yeah, I mean they haven't been playing very good teams. Okay, the Bears are fine. Um, the Packers defense has been really good, though. Um, you know, yeah, they've been good, and and I think, um, well, our Wi-Fi is not working very well <laughs> in here. Um, I think that, I think the Packers are beatable. But they're going to have, I mean, look, the Eagles have to clean up their mistakes. And maybe having the quick turnaround will be good for them because they can reassess and maybe feel some rhythm and, and you know, feel like their backs are against the wall. Maybe this is, you know, uh, this is backs against the wall as a team. We need to come together. And maybe you can rally around that. I mean, this team constantly fights. It's not like they're, you know, playing poorly and then just walking to the sideline with their heads 
hung low and, you know, stuff like that. I think it's it's one of those things where they want to win these games. They're giving the effort. They just have to minimize their mistakes and their self-inflicted wounds. Yeah. So sitting here right now, before we get into, like, all the Packers stuff, which will only be a day or two this week. but what... uh, Before we unpack the Packers <laughs> stuff? <laughs> yes. Uh, do, as we see it right now, do you think they win on Thursday? No. No, yeah. no, As no. we say it right now, yes. No. That's, you know, you, you get you get convinced when you go through the week and you hear what people say and stuff, but I think that's pretty telling that we're both immediately like, yeah, they're losing on Thursday. Yeah, that's like a 20 to 16. I mean, that looked like a tough game if they had won the first three games. Uh-huh. And, they just, and they look like they're, now they're banged up. They, like, <laughs> I mean, Darby going down now, too, like, just as he was seemingly getting healthy, everybody, the coaches insisted that. His knee was okay, finally. I don't know if he was playing like that or if he's just not that good. I don't know. I mean, I've been a big proponent of you have. and he's not. He hasn't lived up to what you no. wanted from him. and you know what? All you do is ridicule me anyway. So it's like, <laughs> it's not, I mean, it's part of the course. But um, I mean, I, I was high. I mean, he has a, the, his athleticism was make, is what makes him really intriguing and that hasn't helped him. This is Sidney Jones week. If that makes sense, like I, mean, I think he'll Sydney, probably be on Devonte Adams. Yeah, and he has to make a statement. He has to play well. I think Rasul's played relatively well. I wouldn't say he's been great, but I think he's played relatively well. Uh, Avante Maddox got kind of taken advantage of. He hasn't had a great year middle. so far, by the way. Yeah, um, he hasn't made improvement. Is that the best way to put it? Yeah, and I mean, you know, sometimes there's that sophomore blowback, and when there's film on a guy and all that. Well, and I'm also not a hundred percent positive he's being put in the position to succeed. That he needs to, especially because of the pass rush isn't getting there. Yeah. Um, you know, I I think this defense has a some clear weaknesses, and teams are exploiting them. And I think you know Schwartz needs to adjust. I mean, you and I have both defended him, you know, consistently. And his thing is, it's fine to give a bunch a bunch of yard give up a bunch of yards, but if you stop guys in the red zone, that's fine. The offense isn't playing well enough where you can do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah, I think, you can't really have that So luxury. I, I don't think he's going to switch stuff up, but against Aaron Rodgers, you could be in trouble with this with the, the liability. If the, Eagles are, if the Eagles pass rush plays like it has the last three weeks, Aaron Rodgers is going to pick them apart. Right, yeah. He looks yeah. like he's good still. So. Yeah, he's kind of okay. <laughs> well, because there's some questions about, you know, as he's getting older and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but... Um, so I guess we, we can wrap it up on that note. Um, I did ask for predictions last week, but everybody predicted the Eagles are going to win, so nobody gets any, any laudits today. Um, so I believe that our, our preview and our midweek show will be combined on Tuesday. Yeah, because correct? it's a short week. Okay. And, and we'll have a nice late, if you're up at like 3 a.m. podcast, I'm sure, on, on Thursday or 2 a.m. Maybe. Or maybe we'll just wait and not try to kill ourselves over <laughs> a Green Bay game if they get blown out. But whatever. If they get blown out, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. <laughs> well, then we need to yell about who's, who's at fault. Right. This one, very hard to figure out who's completely at fault. But there's, there's not one person. There's like a lot of. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I want to emphasize this um, before we wrap, just wrapping up everything. Um, Doug Peterson is very good about not throwing people under the bus. And he had every right to just specifically name everything and st- name every player. And Even if he just blamed it on the drops. like Right. But he really, like, there, he made it sound like there was a correlation of everything, which is 100% accurate. I mean, it, it wasn't just special teams. It wasn't just offense. It wasn't just defense. It was all, you know... This was a, hot, this was a cocktail of terribleness. And it really was just... It was more than they could bear. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. We'll wrap up on that note. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we'll have, like we said, we'll have another podcast, two this week at least. 
and then we'll get to watch some football on Sunday and reflect on maybe if the Eagles are feeling good about themselves after Thursday night or if they're not feeling so good. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, leave some comments, and we'll read them on the next episode. And uh, thanks for listening. Guys.